Welcome to the Texas Oil and Gas Podcast, the show dedicated to bring you the news from the oil patch deep in the heart of Texas, with your host, Ryan Ray and Josh Shelton. Welcome to the Texas Oil and Gas Podcast. We appreciate you tuning in to episode 31 today. I'm your host, Josh Shelton, with my friend and co-host, Ryan Ray. Ryan, what's up, buddy? Uh, well, Josh, if you're if you're at home and you're listening, I've given Josh Shelton um, a lot of grief on this podcast many, many times for not showing up for work. But I, I will say this, the times he has shown up for work, he's done what he's been asked to do. And I, I didn't release episode 30 last week. So if you're hearing this, uh, it's my fault. I, I got to take the full responsibility for that, Josh. Uh, Apologies to you and the listeners. Busy week and just left the house and forgot to bring the, the audio to edit the podcast this week. So, uh, Dropping the ball, th- man. Yeah. Dropping the ball. <laughs> I, I know, man. It's so episode 30. If you listen to 31, 30 will, would have already been out. It should have been out a week ago, but it will be out on the same day as 31 comes out. So that's uh, my fault, and apologies uh, for that. Well, Ron, I think you've been doing uh, some traveling. I know uh, I think you were down around San Antonio and Houston this week. So you've been working hard, man. I cut yeah, you a little yeah. flat. Uh, I appreciate that. I don't cut you any, so <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> when you cut me slim. Yeah, I was down at the SPE conference. You know, we had those guys on. Uh, about a month ago, and I uh, was down at the SPE uh, early, early this week in San Antonio. Had a great time down there, and um, and so you know, had that, and then over in Houston today, uh, Wednesday and through Friday, and then going down to Galveston this afternoon to do a little bit of fishing, and then back up next week. We'll be at the Roseland Oil and Gas event, which is in Midland, and that is um, the the Monday. It's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I think, Josh. But I think Tuesday, Wednesday is the actual conference date, which is the. Uh, 17th and 18th, I believe, out there at the Midland Horse Pavilion. So I'll be out there next week for that. So more traveling next week. Awesome, awesome. Well, uh, jumping into some of our uh, some of our articles this week. Uh, the first one is just uh, touching on the the new Trump tax proposal that uh, is kind of going through Congress right now. A few key things uh, to to keep in mind. They're trying to lower the corporate tax rate, which they see as a if it if it goes through, which is a big if, if it goes through, it should give a good deal of relief to the oil and gas companies, specifically uh, some of the big players in in the Permian and Eagleford. And uh, so we're we're going to keep, be keeping an eye on that. Um, Ron, any takeaways you had as you read through the article? Yeah, I mean, I think the big takeaway is Josh is that we look right now at the low price environment um, now. Some of the predictions we're looking at would take us into $60 WTI maybe late this year or early next year. Um, But drilling producers in the U.S., if you look at their debt and you look at their cash, what's going on right now, they need the cost to be reduced. And so some people look at it and go, um, you know, big old, you know, this, that or the other. And I'm not saying let's reduce taxes just because I'm I'm pro big old. I'm saying I want everyone to have lower taxes just to get that out on the record. Um, But this could be a big thing. If the tax if the tax law is you know the code is revamped in a way that helps them, there is some concern that says that well um, you know th- they have you know these these lawyers like CPAs that go in there kind of figure out how to work their way around the tax code, and if you uh, revamp the tax code, all of a sudden well those loopholes are gone and you try to make it easier and in fact you've actually raised your tax level because those loopholes are gone. I don't know if that's true or not. You know there's there's some speculation. Look, they, these guys have big time lobbyists. They're paying a lot of money to make sure that they. Uh, they get their tax deductions. I'm always excited when the government decides to relieve people of taxes. So it's a good thing. And uh, with the pricing environment and where some of these companies are at as far as their debt to cash ratio right now, I think it's a good thing for them as well. 
Yeah, you know, I, uh, I think you're referring to the, it says that there's $4 billion uh, of tax exemptions annually. And they're thinking that if you remove some of those loopholes, uh, some of those exemptions may come way down. Uh, so uh, overall, I'm with you. I think lowering the taxes is always a good, a good direction to move in. I think it's always going to help boost the economy. Um, uh, really, what we got to do is just kind of keep an eye on, on what it does in Congress, because you know, you know that once it goes through, it's not going to be those deductions aren't going to be as strong as uh, as we hope. So uh, we'll, we'll definitely keep an eye on this and uh, and keep you posted. And hopefully, you know, if, if some news comes out in the next week or two, we can. Right. Get, right. Well, you know, it's one of those things, Josh, it's, it's so, it's so politicized and that's what drives me crazy about all this tax stuff. You know, it's, um, we're reducing taxes on the rich, we're taxing the poor. If you actually look at how the taxes work in the U S you know, the, the top, I think it's 10 or 15%, whatever it is, pay most of the taxes of the whole, of, of all, all people that pay as far as total dollars brought in, it's like the top 10 or 15% pay it all. Um, so I'm always in favor of giving those people a tax deduction. And that's just because I, I believe that you work for your money and you should be able to keep it. And so, um, um, and so I think sometimes, you know, we go to D.C. and all the banter back there and forth about, you know, big companies should pay their fair share and all that. You know, I'll be honest with you. I don't care if it's oil. I don't care if it's solar. I don't care where it's at. If you work for your money and you've made your money, you should be able to keep it. So hopefully this allows companies who are in a tight spot right now maybe to make a little bit more profit because they don't have to pay so much in taxes, which also will ultimately help, you know, average folks like me and you, Josh. Yeah. Yeah. More jobs and more opportunities. Well, moving uh, moving to the next uh, piece of news we have here, uh, a while back, Ryan, I believe one of our first first episodes, we mentioned the Epic Pipeline uh, that they were building. They have another one that uh, some news was released on October the 9th. Uh, BP signs an agreement uh, on a Permian Eagleford pipeline. Uh, it will be a natural gas line, and uh, it's going to be 650 miles long. And it's going to link uh, producers' reserves in the Permian and Eagleford to Gulf Coast refiners. Uh, pretty big news here, right? Yeah, and you know, Josh, uh, as you know, behind the scenes, I've been in talks with people about this this epic stuff. So we haven't really covered it um, on the show just because I didn't want to have a conflict of interest there. Um, but you know, one of the things I think that that's kind of interesting is is part of this epic project, at least from what I was told from some sources uh, close to the project, was that it was kind of it was kind of uh, looking like it was going to fall apart. Um, and so to kind of hear that it, it was able to make a resurgence, I was it kind of surprised to see this news that um, I was told by people who were really close to the project it wasn't look good. There were some other companies who were actually better positioned to get some of these, these projects. And uh, so Epco, uh, sorry, not Epco, Epic um, went in there. They got it. Then not only do they have the crude oil, which is what we talked about. I think on episode one or two, Josh, now they've got this natural gas liquids line that's, that's going to go in there. And according to the article, they're going to try to lay some of this in the same uh, easement, which would mean that they've, they're going to be going under some pretty big easements if that's the case. So I don't know how that will work from a right away standpoint. It seems like that would be a uh, pretty big swath, but they are going to some they are going through some unpopulated areas. So they might be able to pick up some large right of ways. Um, in, in some of those rural areas that they're going they're, they're going from, but no, good good for them. Um, I heard, I, like I said, I heard that it was looking bad uh, for some of the stuff, and so the fact they got turned around was kind of a surprise, and I'm, I'm excited for them. Yeah, man, I am. Uh, I, I think it'll be uh, it'll be a good project, and uh, it's showing here that it'll be in service in early 2018, fully complete uh, sometime in 2019. So uh, I look forward to seeing them guys get all that installed. Uh, and again, it kind of our our roundup, you know, we we 
find stuff like this. There's going to be lots of lots of jobs created uh, around the around the Epic pipeline. I don't like people that are going to be doing surveys and whatnot, but uh, kind of a, a lot of opportunities involved. Yeah, and, and you know, I'm glad you brought that up, Josh, because I was talking to someone the, the other day, and this person um, was telling me about someone that we know, a mutual mutual contact of ours, and they were you talking about um, what this person does is he sells, um, you know, supplies, and so you're talking um, supplies for contractors, so you know the the hay bales that they're using, um, the seed, all that kind of stuff that they're using for um these these construction projects now this person is based out of a city that's not in texas and he's selling it all over the u.s to contractors so one of the things when you take away from this is um as you mentioned there's a lot of job opportunities and it also reminds us that we need to step back if you're if you're someone who's very business-minded um, there's a lot of opportunities that will be not directly related to just laying the pipeline right the contractors are probably already uh shortlisted and, and bid out or whatever but there's other opportunities to go in there to make money and you need to step back and look at it and go okay well what what are the natural things that would branch off from something like this what are the short-term implications what are the long-term implications um because there's, there's a lot of different levels inside the oil and gas business um and sometimes we kind of myself included we kind of just think very narrowly about oil and gas we think about you know drilling pipe refining and we forget that there's just so many industries that are impacted and that are tied in if you're in if you have you know trucks and um if you sell dirt and all this stuff, you know, your equipment, all of that will be related to a, a large project like this. So yeah, if you are in the business, even remotely tied in, there could be potential opportunity um, for two big, large, major projects that will be coming through your, your, your area. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, moving on to the next piece of news, Ryan, we have uh, Lillis Energy. They're going to be buying 4,000 acres in the Delaware Basin for 45 million dollars uh four thousand four thousand acres they have currently uh it shows what was it 150 150 net potential locations with fifteen thousand net acres so they were at eleven thousand they're adding four thousand net acres to um to their what they've already acquired uh, a lot of us around that Delaware basin as well. Yeah. And so first thing, if you remember, we've talked about Lillis a few times on the show, we, we talked about them, I think in June when they brought in a new president, um, I can't remember, I think it was June when they did that. And then uh, just uh, August, I think it was, we had Sergio Chapa on talking about their CEO who uh, stepped down or was fired. I can't remember because of he was involved in a pumping up um, scheme. And so you will link to Sergio's article in the show notes. So you can go check it out. Um, but one thing Sergio said was that they were going to press forward. This wasn't going to halt their momentum. And you can see here that it has. Now, um, I would be curious to see about this acreage because, you know, one of the things when you look at buying acreage, especially where we are right now, is where did this acreage come from and why was it on the market? Well, is it on the market because you have a smaller producer maybe who just doesn't have the budget to drill it? Or do they buy it from a larger producer? And um, according to this the article we have right here, it doesn't it doesn't tell us it's an unnamed private seller. So we're not really sure where they got the acreage from. But but one of the things you have to watch out for is, Josh, think about this. So let's say that you have X number of acres. Well, you're going to go out and drill what you think are the best wells first, right? You're going to go out and drill what you think is the most mm -hmm. profitable potential wells. So this acreage is sitting out here for sale right now. Um, I'm curious to see why hasn't it been drilled. Um, or if there's parts of it that's been drilled and, you know, and, and it was really good wells, they sold the rest. Um, because that's, that's kind of one of those things when you look at this is you can buy stuff inside the Permian. That's not 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 necessarily that great. And so um, it will be something to follow along to see how this acreage turns out for them. Because, again, it could be a deal where 
as we look at some of these buys uh, two, three years from now, we'll, we'll come back and say, wow, they bought the acreage at the time. It sounded good. But really what they bought was kind of the leftovers, the scraps, you know, the stuff yeah. that really wasn't good. Um, and so I'm not saying this is what the case is here, but there's definitely some more layers to the story that we're going to want to follow over the next uh, you know, two, three, four months. It's always interesting, isn't it? Uh, you see someone pick up this much acreage, and uh, we, we were talking about this the other day when we, we had a chart with the, some of the top 10, I, I believe, in the Eagleford, and some of the people with less acreage was doing a lot more drilling, uh, and that's because they just uh, – a lot of different variables that you have to consider with why uh, certain areas are, are being drilled more uh, than, than others, but it's certainly – possibility that this 4,000 acres here may, may be the cream of the crap, you know, it may not right. be, may not be, uh, may not be the hot spot, but then again, it may be, and that's kind of, that's kind of what we want to take a look at and, uh, and follow. Well, yeah. Yeah. And so you got to look at, look at it like this. So Lillis obviously thinks it's a good deal um, or they wouldn't have bought it. Um, but that doesn't mean that it is a good deal. Um, and so, you know, it's kind of one of those things where you sit back and you go, okay, well, the, comp the company thinks it's a good deal, but the company's selling it. Who was it? Why do they sell it? Now that information will eventually probably surface up. And, and one of the things, Josh, I want to plug real quick here is that, um, you know, I have another podcast I do on that comes out on Fridays, the oil and gas market recap. And um, we, we're not going to look at this deal particularly, but we do look at stuff like this a little bit deeper dive. And, and from that, we're actually working on launching, which will be tied up with Global Energy Media, a, a larger platform that will go in to companies like Lillis, break down what's going on and give you um, kind of an insider's opinion on, you know, what they're saying, what their financials are, how does it line up and how does it work. So we're hoping to have that out. Um, by the end of the year, early 18, and so you can kind of watch for that. So if you're interested in you know, kind of tracking these companies, what's their CapEx, what's their cash flow, what's their debt, how does it line up? And I tell you right now, we have just kind of looking at last night with Alfonso, the, the co-host of the uh, Oil and Gas Market Recap. You know, we're, we're looking at one company, I'm not going to name, but there's some very interesting stuff that's in there. And, um, you know, Josh, we don't have anything to, we're, we're not, uh, you know, Goldman Sachs or Lehman Brothers or, you know, Raymond James. So we're not one of these big analyst firms that, that needs our companies to be invested in. You know, if Pioneer stock goes up or Devon stock goes up, it doesn't, it doesn't really affect me one way or another. Those guys have interest in that. So we're hoping to bring a balance to some of that reporting that says, okay, look, you know, for us, it's not really profitable one way or another. If these companies' stocks goes up, if their stocks goes down, we can give you a little bit more of what we think is an honest take on this stuff. So excited about that. Sorry, I just want to plug that real quick while, uh, while I was thinking about this little energy stuff. Yeah, man, that's good stuff, man. That's good stuff. Uh, we have one last uh, one last thing we're going to be covering today before we uh, we do a little roundup at the end, and uh, we've we've talked about this uh, in different forms and fashions. But uh, there is a methane emissions article um, that basically says methane emissions for the past six years have been continuing to decline, um, and I, I don't know if you follow much of the of the litigations, but. Um, under the Obama administration, there were a lot of strict guidelines put in place for uh, em emissions, methane emissions, and it really put a lot of undue stress on a lot of these uh, oil and gas companies. And what they've been showing is that the methane has been uh, gradually decreasing uh, and declining uh, over the past few years. And they're talking about removing some of these sanctions uh, that have been put on all these oil and gas companies. 
Yeah, and you know, Josh, this is one of those things. I think we had David Blackman on about a month or two ago to kind of talk about some of this stuff. Part of the problem, it's kind of like this tax code deal we talked about earlier. Part of the problem is when government gets involved, they overcomplicate simple things. And this is one of the things that that we, we've seen the numbers. They are going down. They are looking better. But the regulation that's in place to kind of monitor this stuff is so burdensome that it, it really hampers companies. And we, we point out on the show pretty regularly that oil and gas is not just Exxon. It's not just BP. It's not ConocoPhillips. It's full of companies like we talked about Energen and Lillis Energy and, um, you know, companies that aren't just big names that you hear every day. It's full of them. And the regulations sometimes are geared towards someone like Exxon who has, you know, uh, a huge staff of compliance people who can take care of this stuff where Lillis, no, no offense to them. There's a small company. They're not built for that. So it's good to see that maybe we can roll back some of these regulations. And it's also good that the industry has kind of uh, figured out a way to reduce these emissions in, in a responsible manner um, that, that will make the government get off their back. Uh, we, we, I think we've mentioned you know, a few times, Josh, is that if you don't want the government to be on your back, make sure you're doing stuff the right way and that, that'll keep them off. And so, um, you know, if you're oil and gas right now, it's, it's a very, good time to make sure that you're in compliance and you're doing the right thing because the Trump administration seems to be pro oil and gas and will work with you on some of these over overly burdensome regulations. Yeah, I, sh I certainly hope so. Uh, I know that it was, it got pretty tough there for a while. So seeing just any bit of relief um, is a, is a pleasant surprise, you know, seeing that the government's not so anti oil and gas and under this administration. Uh, well, what I'd like to do though, uh, Ryan is, uh, Kind of, I'd like to follow this. I always make a note of trying to follow some of these things. I'd like to follow and see um, how all this actually turns out because, you know, sometimes in Congress they'll they have to kind of have an ace in the hole, and so you'll see sometimes in order to get one thing through, they'll pull back on another. And I just wonder, I wonder where the the I wonder when that's going to happen and how oil and gas is going to be affected by that because you have the tax code, you have. Uh, stuff going on with the health care, a lot of other things going on in Congress. And you just wonder, where is he going to, where are they going to be, you know, uh, stick to it? And then where are they going to be loose to, to try to get some stuff through? you got to have some sort of negotiation going on, I'm sure. Right, right. Well, it seems like Trump is trying to do a lot through the administration's or executive order, because um, if you follow like the health care debate or whatever, it's very tough for him right now to get legislation that's, um, anything really done in in the house and senate just because it's so divisive so whatever the epa can do or the department of energy you can do probably try to run through there um and and stay away from the the, the congress and the senate as much as possible yeah. i'm not an expert on how all that works and so we need to bring david back on to kind of help us out and also the texans from net uh, texans for natural gas the folks who publish that uh, we need to reach out to them josh if i get them on they could probably break it down for us as well on what exactly uh the the, the reach is of like the epa and um, you know, how much regulation can they roll back? I know that um, when Trump was going into office, uh, there were several bills that, uh, not bills, there were several pieces of, of law that were kind of out there that said, you got to do this, you can't do this. And they're being challenged in court. And there was kind of debate on which ones the EPA would just drop and let go and which ones that they were going to uh, pursue. And there was kind of the background, like you're saying, some of this posturing that's going on. But again, we need to bring on someone who's probably a little bit more familiar with uh, how DC works like David Blackman to kind of break that down for us. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. I will uh, I will try to see if I can get a contact. I'd love to have somebody come on and just talk to us about how some of these guidelines are, uh, protocols and how laws are established. Well, Ron, that, that wraps it up for us uh, today. We, we went over those articles. We have the rig count uh, that we're pulling from Drilling Info. Uh, I checked it this morning. It was down to 989. That's down 
from 1006 uh, last week. So what is that, a drop by 17? Uh, 2% according to the website. I'll, I'll just go with their math because I'm, <laughs> I'm not going yeah. to risk it. But you know what's interesting, Josh, and we use the, as I mentioned before, we're using the drilling info uh, recount just because it's it stays a little bit more current than what the um, what the Becker Hughes is. And so um, one of the things I found interesting when we're looking at it, it was 1,006, like you said, last week, but it actually climbed, it actually dropped down to 996 on Tuesday, spiked up to 1,001 before dropping back down to 989. So um, it was a downward trend, but there, but on Wednesday it looked like things may kind of start to go back up towards the positive. But uh, but no, it, it didn't happen. We were back down to to nine eighty nine for the week. But that's you know, listen, I think we're in a good spot. Ninety nine is not a bad number, and uh, you know, I think when you look at what's going on with the oil price, you know, it's hovering around fifty. You're going to kind of see that you know it's going to go up, going to go down. But I think if we're in that nine fifty to a thousand range for the rest of the year, that would be that would be that'd be great. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. And I, I'm really just interested to see um, what happens between now and the end of the year. You know, kind of seeing will it will it kind of keep going up and down and stay in that 950 to 1,000 range or will it drop below 950? Um, you know, that's well, be interesting. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because one of the things we did talk about on the oil and gas market recap is um, kind of the price and what we're looking at. And if you just kind of step back and think about how the industry works, usually towards the end – of the year um companies you know their 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 budgets for the year they've kind of been set they've kind of probably overspent a little bit you know or whatever the case is and so their budgets are kind of winding down so rarely do you see a big large ramp up in production so you're going to probably see that the rig count is going to fluctuate um but, but you know big big huge spikes up in rigs probably won't see that which will mean with the opec cuts that the price should start to tick up a little bit more well, then when you go into 2018, what you're going to see is, is usually by the end of the first quarter, that's when everyone's up and they're going and they're drilling. And so you you might kind of hit a window here the next three to six months where the, where the price can gain some momentum and get up, uh, maybe even to $60 a barrel or higher if everything kind of lines up like I just described. And, and, what, and then the question will be, obviously, is when we're sitting here in March talking on the show, um, you know, what will happen moving forward? Will the drillers go out there and, and drill the prices down? And I think that you're, we're kind of in a spot to where uh, that's potential. But I also think it's just as potential that as we've seen companies move to cash, they're trying to watch their balance a little bit more tightly, um, that, that that may not happen. So it's going to be interesting next year to kind of watch what happens with the price. And assuming OPEC keeps their cuts up, um, next year could be a really good year for the industry. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's great, man. Yeah. And I, it, the math works. I think uh, assuming OPEC follows through, it, if if the production stays kind of where it's at, we should see that that price starts to tick up. But uh, you know, the the thing is, when that price starts to tick up, it's probably going to be a a frenzy where of people coming in and drilling and which right, right. Well, and that's what I'm saying is that yeah, you would expect that. But where we're at, where we're at right now, if if we can if the price ticks up, um, November, December to sixty range. It would probably be late February to March before they can start drilling enough to affect the price, yep. um, and so you could have it where the price could get really up 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 um, up there pretty good, um, which could you know as you know, some of these projects that we're looking at you know the deals are signed early in the year, and so for, depending on where you're at in the business, you know your projects for the year could be agreed upon very early on, which is, which you know could can secure your work through 2018. Now other parts of the industry, it's a little bit more volatile depending on what you're working on. So. Um, you know, if the price can get up above 60 by Christmas, you know, stay above 60 into early 2018, I think that would be great. And then the question is going to be, as these companies have gone to cash and the companies are looking to go to cash, um, you know, 
what's going to happen with them. Will they will they sit back and you know and try to be conservative, or will like we said before, you know, go out there and drill it down like they historically have done? Yeah, that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be the, the the news we'll be following early next year. Well, Ryan, I think uh, you already mentioned the the Midland Roseland Oil and Gas Conference you're going to be at. Um, we talked a little bit about the SPEC that you visited this past week. Uh, any anything else we want to mention before we? Um, no, I think that's it, Josh. If you are out in Midland next week and going to be at the Roseland Oil and Gas event, uh, let me know, Ryan, at globalenergymedia.com. would love to meet up with you. I will be there, I think, on Tuesday. I don't know if I'll be there on Wednesday as well, but I will be there on Tuesday is my plan as of right now. So would love to meet you. I know there's some other folks I'll be meeting up with while, while I'm out there. Uh, just going to walk the floor a time or two, say hey, shake some hands, uh, catch up with some folks while I'm out in the area. But again, if you're out there, I'd love to meet up with you, Ryan at globalenergymedia.com. And, uh, you know, it's a good event. It's a lot. I think, I think it's free to get in. So, you know, just go to rosalindoilandgas.com. Uh, we'll link to that in the show notes and you can register. And uh, I think you get in for free. So it's, it's very easy to go to if you're out in that area. It's free admission. Might as well do it. Go, uh, you know, when you go to these events, like, like I was at SP this week, I was curious to see what are people saying. Um, you know, if you're on the product side, what are producers telling you as far as their products? Are they looking to buy, especially going to 18 or they're, they're kind of holding their orders? So you can go out there and get information like that. Uh, anyways, it's a free event. Go check it out. And uh, other than that, Josh, that's it. And so until next time, keep climbing. Mm-hmm.